Sunday the 8th, 2.42 a.m. Why am I hearing that voice now? The young physicist mused to himself. He had just checked the latest readout on temperature controls for the huge magnets at the Large Hadron Collider. Deep underground, the gigantic supercooled magnets in the LHC's 17-mile ring of pipes swung protons in a near-perfect vacuum to the border of light speed and hurled them into each other head-on. Andy wearily ran his hand through his shaggy brown hair as he reviewed the computer screens to his left, monitoring the huge Atlas particle detector. Even after the just-completed long shutdown one, the two-year halt of LHC activity for repairs and improvements, the screens all showed green, indicating no problems for the vast system. Nominal, nominal, and still nominal, he said out loud to no one in the nearly empty control room. At least there are no anomalies to report. And that was when he heard, or thought he heard. But Andy, sometimes when you least expect it, discovery blossoms. He replied aloud, almost absent-mindedly. You have always been right about that, Professor. And that's when he paused and asked himself, why was he hearing that voice now? He had answered aloud to the voice he had heard, that of Dr. Lyman Browning, his doctoral thesis advisor back at MIT. His wise old mentor was right. Rarely is a major discovery fully anticipated. But there was one big problem. Dr. Browning was nowhere near the LHC. Or Geneva. Or Switzerland. He was dead. While particle physics was a never-ending source of wonder, excitement, and even passion for Andy, he sometimes felt that he got the short end of the seniority stick by frequently getting the Atlas Control Center assignment on Saturday nights into Sunday mornings but he grudgingly took the dull overnight weekend shift in the center when assigned, knowing that he was part of the best physics team on Earth. Given the enormous expense of the Large Hadron Collider, it was only logical that it be kept running and smashing particles as many hours of the day and night as possible, but certainly people with less experience could watch the computer screens and readouts. The real analytical physics work occurred in the daytime. That was when CERN scientists from around the world reviewed the tracks and other data from the trillions of subatomic explosions where the protons gave up their secrets in a blast of energy and a fireworks swirl of particle fragments. But why was he hearing a disembodied voice in the middle of the night shift? Why here? What was different about tonight? The voice he heard sounded so lifelike in both tone and content, and it mentioned his name. There was no one else in earshot who could have made such a comment. And there were no speakers or sound equipment in the center. He had left his Bluetooth headset in his office. Did he momentarily nod off and have a quick dream? He was still standing, so he could not have dozed off and remained vertical. Does sleep deprivation cause hallucinations? It never did before during long years of late-night study sessions to earn his Ph.D. He warned himself. He must never mention this to anyone as he could not risk losing his LHC credentials or even his job. Or worst of all, early in his career, his reputation as an objective, trustworthy scientist. I need to get more coffee if I'm going to make it through this shift. At least I can sleep in part of Sunday. With one last check of the board, he ceased to worry about the voice and ambled to the back of the room and the omnipresent pot of strong French coffee.